Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to episode one, two, three. Is it one, two, three? It's one, two, three. How about that? Well, that's fancy. I actually uh, looked ahead of time instead of asking you right after recording, what episode number is this? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. One, two, three. That's a while. I know, right? We've been doing doing this a little bit. Yeah. For a minute, as they would say. Mm-hmm. I like it. Do you like it? <laughs> I like it. I'm having fun. All right. Cool. <laughs> you want to keep doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep doing it. Okay. I'll keep doing it. Cool. Um, I've been uh, covering support this week. Ooh. It's been an interesting experience. Joel uh, has been sick. And so Spencer and I have been uh, taking turns covering support. And man, is that a different uh, different experience. <laughs> Has it uh, trucked your productivity or um, opened your eyes to things? Yeah, it's a different kind of productivity. You know, it feels good to like jump on a thing really fast and help somebody and get it resolved. It satisfies the like, I want constant stimulation part of my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just like this like list of like stuff coming in. I can go do a thing over here and then like check that thing's done. All right, what's next? And like, bloop, there's a new thing. Like, ah, cool. I'll do this and then I'll feel accomplished about that. So there's like, it's nice that there's like like short bursts of productive work. It absolutely makes it harder to get more like bigger picture things done. It has not been good for that, of course. Um, and also it, it's interesting to see the opportunities for reducing the support requests because I've now done it enough that I can like see like, okay, this is pretty common. It'd be nice to have a self-serve option for this thing. Like a, a big one for us is uh, people who want to change who the team owner is. It's a pretty common thing. Like, okay, trial goes well. They decide to sign up. And like, oh, I should like make my boss or like, can you have receipts go to the billing email for the company or whatever? And so we just don't have that right now. And I'm seeing opportunities to uh, make future life easier. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I mean, support is one of the best ways to figure out where the pains are with your product, right? <laughs> so Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like I'm getting a better sense of yeah, like where where people are struggling, and also like how things are going in the early days for people, like seeing like okay, we just signed up, we did a call. What is what does it look like? Like what kind of support comes in after that? The, the existing customers tend to not send in that many support requests. It definitely seems to be stacked in like the the first couple weeks, and then they figure it out. So, do you feel like this is a good use of Joel's time to be doing support? I do. I think it's really great to have the founders doing support for like as long as that's reasonably feasible. I feel like putting a, a line between you and the customers is just eventually a requirement, but hopefully something that we could hold off on for a, for a bit. Is he happy doing it? Like, is is he able to get tasks done while context switching all the time? Or <laughs> this is great because Joel listens to the podcast, and I'm just picturing <laughs> him listening to this and me interpreting his. <laughs> we should probably ask Joel, but I mean, since he's not should, here, <laughs> yeah. I believe he does like it, actually. Yeah, he seems to feel similarly about it, where it's like it's you know clearly productive work, and you can be useful to the company and to the customers, and it's kind of satisfying that way. So I, I think he does enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a process? Because I know you're kind of a you like to get processes nailed down for efficiency and such and such. But do you have a process for like him summarizing what he's learning from support and bringing it to like product roadmap discussions and stuff like that? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that's formalized in any way. We we chat about things like that, but I, I actually think that's a, a thing we could do a better job of. Like the, that team owner promotion thing or or like changing the billing email. Like we 
we've known that for a while. That's that's like you, we any of us probably could have like said, yeah, that's the thing that we could build that would be useful. But it is, I would say, our process of like, okay, let's decide to like prioritize that thing now and like focus on that as a longer term project, is is not as good as it could be. It's really hard to work on the right things, yeah, <laughs> and in, in, in a smart order. Mm-hmm. We've had experiences of just like pouring a bunch of time into a thing and then being like, actually, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, damn, could we have like figured this out easier or faster or? like a, just change the priority of this it's 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 like really i find it actually really challenging to know like what's what should happen when how do we keep a list of the good ideas and like pull them off at the right time and this thing is sort of you know good but not urgent so when should we do it yep yep oh that's that sentiment is so relevant to kind of where my headspace is at right now where writing code or building product is the slowest way to figure out whether you're doing the right thing. Like, and I've kind of, that's a trap that a lot of times I fall into. And I know a lot of other kind of developer founders fall into this too, where it's like you get kind of passionate about some idea you have. And a lot of times your inclination is to just like kind of head down that path and start working on it because you feel like you have a strong sense that this is going to, this is going to be useful or important. But like, it's hard to actually know until if you take that route, you find out when you ship it and then how much time have you invested into that thing, right? Versus kind of, I don't know, going, going through other channels to, to suss that stuff out that doesn't involve totally <laughs> shipping. It is, is like almost the best case scenario. Like we've had a couple of things where we start off down this path and invest a bunch of time and then go, wow, this is actually way harder than we thought it would be. There's way more complexity here. This is like turning into like a nightmare. Maybe we should just back up and stop. And that's, that's not fun for anybody, right? Like that's not the customers see nothing come out and we're like, damn, we just wasted a bunch of time. And uh, it's, it's a serious challenge of this. I think I think it's the, it feels like the hardest part to me, but you know I think we'll get better at it. <laughs> I can see the symptoms. It's like okay, I don't want more of this to happen. Let's try to some things to make less of that happen. Yeah. Do you feel like the shaping process and kind of like being deliberate about bringing ideas to the table, figuring out what you're going to build, and then sticking to that for a set period of time? Do you think that helps alleviate some of that? I mean, we haven't, we've only done it once and only kind of, so okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we've had, we've given that system a fair shake. Yeah. Um, I do think it could help. It seems like that's partly what it's designed to address. Right. Particularly if you in really invest the time in de-risking and like finding the rabbit holes yeah. of a thing. Yeah. I think that could, could certainly help because that's, that's been the problem. I would say a couple times is like, we just didn't see the complexity that was coming until we were there and it's like ooh, how is this going to work in this case and then that case oh and then what about these guys and like and then it's like oh no this is this exploded but maybe if we had invested a lot of time up front or more time substantial time we could have could have seen that coming or maybe you can't catch all of it but if you say look we're spending six weeks on this and so like we're gonna have to come up with answers to this and it might have to be a you know 80 20 kind of response here right right Yeah, I think there's something to like not getting too married to an idea or the way you're picturing it playing out uh, too far in advance. That's really hard to do. So I know for myself, like I'll sometimes I'll kind of picture like it'd be really cool to have this this particular feature built in this way. Right. And and you can kind of your mind ends up glossing over a lot of the finer details because you just picture the end state and you're like, oh, it'd be totally amazing. And yeah, I don't think it's going to take that long to build. And like as soon as you become convinced that and, and excited about building something, you're immediately kind of blind to, to the realities of it. And a lot of times it's not nearly as good an idea as you thought it was. And it's going to take a lot longer than you thought 
that it was going to take. And so I think something that I'm trying to cultivate in myself is like cultivating discipline so that I'm not just like diving too quickly into things, but actually like um, trying to actively refute my own assumptions and convince myself like, okay, I'm going to go into this assuming that this is actually not a good idea and I need to be proven wrong that it is actually a good idea and trying to flip it on its head, you know, which is kind of hard to do. I mean, if you get outside the posture of learning and get too committed to like, I think I know the answer to this and this is what I want to do, then you, you kind of become vulnerable to uh, to those blind spots, I think. Totally. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been guilty of that. Like I'm imagining like this like great happy path. I'm like, ooh, if we had this, the happy path looks so good. And then it's like, well, what about people that are, have canceled or are on a different team or are solo people or guests or how about this? And how does it interact with this? And how do we convert from this to that? And like, it's like, oh man, actually, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, Those are sound hard. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I do think a lot of the challenge is the existing stuff, though. On Adam's podcast, when he had Ryan Singer on, they, they talked about orthogonality, where they tried they would try to design a, a new feature in a way that it could be self-contained or sort of didn't touch the existing features when possible, and that makes a lot of sense to me because it's like it's it's often I would say often this complexity is like, well, what about the existing stuff? That's what makes this hard. If we were starting from scratch and had nothing, this feature is easy to build, but it's the interaction with all the stuff that's already there and the expectations people might have uh, that make it really complicated. Legacy, right? Legacy, yeah. And it just it just pushes me more down this path of like, try to have less in there. Like the, the, the less code is in there, the, the fewer things it does while still being useful, the better because it makes the next thing easier to add. Yeah, that's where restraint restraint is really important right <laughs> if you let things you let the roadmap creep feature creep all that stuff i mean it it's not only does it overcomplicate like features that you're building but it also creates a burden of maintenance and debt that yeah it's the interplay of things together and a lot of times you kind of don't see that in the moment but you you definitely feel it six months to a year down the line right <laughs> Yep, I would say that's that's where we are. We're starting to feel those things. I'd say the newer features are much harder than they used to be. It's tricky. I feel that this need to like keep going, like it's like I feel like we I want to be shipping big new things, you know, pretty regularly. So people, so we have the announcement and people get excited and they like it and the product took a big step forward. But each new each each of these bigger features is now harder, and there's also more need for hidden features that are larger like reliability stuff like fix this bug or don't let it crash when this happens or things like that or like let someone promote someone to team owner or send you know specify a billing email those aren't sexy like these are just like <laughs> yeah they're not sexy they're not a thing you would get excited about yeah um but they're they're good things and they're useful things and maybe you don't need another like a, a a big thing right now people seem pretty happy but i just the i don't know the product manager in me or like the marketer in me wants to have like another like an event feature like a worth mentioning kind of thing right and if that if you let that influence your decision making too much then that could that could bias you towards like let's keep let's keep figuring out like big promotion worthy features we can build into this thing when in reality maybe you don't actually need those features or maybe it's causing complication down the line right yeah well exactly right exactly it's just yeah. another big feature is more code yep and so it makes the next big feature harder so it's like all right like are you really do you want to spend that budget now right well and, and a good question is like how can you make the polishing and the refinement stuff sexy like can you put like a you know right on your homepage like your latency stats and then do a big announcement that we shaved five milliseconds off something you know yeah totally yep yeah that would that, that kind of thing would work one one thing we are we're looking at 
doing some some new UI designs and we're trying to add in a like little a little notification icon for changelog stuff. Like, hey, we ship these new features, check them out. And I think that would help because we actually are pushing new versions pretty regularly, but the things in them are fairly small. But if you didn't go look at the changelog, you might not know that, hey, Tuple is a little bit better than last week. So surfacing those a little bit more, I think, might help some of that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. So um, I canceled my Drip subscription. Oh, yesterday. did you? <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Completed your migration to, is it customer? Customer IO? Yeah, okay. yeah, customer IO. Nice. Um, that's, they, that's great software. Very happy with that. Yeah, they did a good job. But yeah, it's uh, it was a little sad. Like, wow, I think I've, I've been a drip customer a long time. The end of an era. End of an era. Uh, yeah. How was the migration? The migration has been good. I took it as a chance to kind of mess around with how we're doing onboarding stuff. What should our campaigns be, and, and how should they go out? And they're more sophisticated now. They're like they're more event driven. So it's like okay, like we we send very different things depending on what status your account is in. Whereas before in Drip, I never really got that going. It was more simple. Uh, so I, I think these new ones are better. And I had to fiddle. I've, I've tried a bunch of different variations of different things. Like I'm running a lot of tests and like playing with stuff. And it's interesting how much time you can sink into stuff like this. Where it's just like, what should the first email they get be? And like when? And but like for the five different states your account might be in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, it's, and it's hard to get enough. I don't know. Like, this is hard. Enough like volume to really be able to truly split test like effectiveness right. of those things. Right. So it's a lot of probably just a lot of gut feel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. And you know what? I want to test more things against the null hypothesis. Meaning like, can you prove this onboarding campaign does anything? Or is it just there? I want to do like a, all right, send half the customers these emails and then send half of them nothing and just see what the conversion rates are. And I went in customer IO's like thing and like they have like all these split testing options, but none of them are that. Oh, (laughs) funny. So it's like test this email against this email, test these sequence of emails against these sequence of emails, split people evenly, but then there's no way to check the conversion. It's it's just, you can't quite do what I want to do with it. It's kind of funny that this is the blind spot. Because to me, this is the ultimate thing. It's like, does this help? Is this worth it? Could we just turn this off and have it be as good? Is to me the most interesting split test. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I have this theory that a lot of stuff in the startup world would not survive this test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's yeah. a lot of like best practices and ways people are doing it where it's like, if you tested this against doing nothing, are you sure it's better? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think because I, think I have my right. doubts about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. Could it be even better if you didn't do it? I mean, how do you even know that? You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> right? It's like, I mean, a bunch of people unsubscribe when you start sending them these these automated emails. Like, maybe if you annoyed them less, they would be, you know, more have more affinity towards your product. So I don't know. It's I haven't found a way to, to test quite what I want to test, but at least from a feel perspective. I finally found an email that I think is working well, like a timing and a way to do it, which is um, if you sign up and act like install the app, we don't send you anything right away. We give you some time to just like get going. And then if you do a call, we send an, a new email, which is um, a, from Joel with a picture of him smiling, being like, hey, I'm Joel, one of the co-founders. How was the first call? Do you have any bugs to report? 
And that has been doing super well. Um, and I tried a bunch of different versions of that email. Uh, and this, this one so far has been the best. And like someone even responded, I was like, great welcome email. Like people, people seem to dig it. I think the picture thing works kind of, kind of really well, actually. Yeah. Humanizes I have you. a theory. Yeah, exactly. There's a person here and like a friendly looking person like, oh, that's Joel. Okay. I know what Joel looks like now. I think we're just like the monkey brain is like, oh, a friendly monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So I'm, I'm, I want to try more of that. I think those, I have a theory that that does, does better than just text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what does your sequence after that email look like? Do you have like, like pre-spaced nudge emails or anything like that or barely there's just one other one um for the people that activate which is like a few days later it's kind of like a grab bag of links it's like hey by the way here's the docs here's the pair programming guide here's here's this podcast yeah that kind of thing yeah i'm so burned out on like you sign up for (laughs) sign up for a new product and then you get like five emails from them in the first 24 hours of like hey here's our docs welcome and it's like uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying to pare it down yeah um we we went pretty high for a while and people complained and i moved it back and i think i'm I'm going even further now which is to try to just be less annoying mm-hmm. less is more yeah i think so um i could see us going like adding one more thing later like oh like maybe invite somebody or something like that but i want to i, I, I want to try to just not annoy people mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i really want to test the null hypothesis here mm-hmm. well could you do that by just like not sending someone into the top of your like sequence and then kind of just like manually keep track of which ones were sent in there and which ones weren't and then kind of track conversion rate over time yeah if i want to do manual work there's a bunch of ways we could do this yeah, for sure. yeah i was i was hoping for a sort of in in app way of doing right, it right right but yeah i do have this idea of a grand experiment that i want to run that i don't know if will ever happen but i think would be cool which is basically split half of everybody up and then like don't send any emails or like do any manual work or anything like just like basically ignore half of the people and like run the other half through the automated systems and the the, i've been doing some like manual reach out to people and saying hi and all that and just like see like what what is this actually getting us yeah yeah it'd be interesting to quantify Mm -hmm. for sure i want to do it like all right if you have an even team id <laughs> we're going to like just shower you with attention <laughs> and if you have an odd team id you get nothing yep yep <laughs> and just just and just see but i don't know we got other things to do too so right who knows if that'll ever happen right i always find the the big hang up for me with with running like big experiments like that too is like how do you know which experiment is like feel confident that this experiment could potentially yield the the best results versus some other experiment and you have to be careful running multiple experiments at the same time right so i always felt a little bit of paralysis around experimentation do you feel that at all mm-hmm. um sure yeah yeah <laughs> but I, I'd, I'd rather get some data that is maybe like you know not perfect and then but like at least have something there like are you saying like prioritizing which experiment to run yeah yeah uh, i see yeah yeah, I mean, given that I'm not like sort of not running any right now, yeah, I guess I feel that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of science happening, and that makes me vaguely uneasy. It's like, let me try this email. Mm, let me try this. Uh, let me record a new video for every person that signs up. Like, just trying random stuff here and there, and then kind of getting this like feel of like, does that seem to work? Like, it's fine. Like, that's you know, you can get some information from that, and like, it probably will work. But 
there's not like a whole like, are you actually testing this? Like, are, are you sure this is doing anything versus maybe it's hurting? Right. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I think something to keep in mind, too, is that a lot of times, unless you have high enough volume, a lot of times like a, a even a split test at lower volumes is not truly scientific. And as long if you don't have statistical significance in the true definition of that, then it's still just kind of an art. You know, it's kind of a gut, a gut thing yep. and not a not yeah. true science thing. So, yeah, it may just not be. Yeah. Might not be able to, might not be able to do science. Yeah. Yeah. That's, until you, until okay. you have big old fat pipe of, of people coming through the top of the funnel and then you can really start sciencing stuff. Yeah, sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. Hire a science person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hire a scientist. That'd be cool. Yeah. So speaking of doing stuff, I have been recording videos for some of our trials. So I had, so my current theory is like people like people, they like faces, they like, you know, buying from humans. And so I've just been, when I see trials sign up, uh, like record a, like a welcome video that's clearly for them and just say hi. And, uh, you know, who knows, not sciencing, so can't prove it's working, but it seems to be going well. People are responding and appreciating it. Also, sometimes responding and being like oh actually we had this problem and it's like oh good glad to know about this like let's let's deal with that problem so it could be helping stuff at the margin of like people get activated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seems like a good thing to good thing to do do you record a personalized video for for them like yeah in, yeah. yeah yeah it's for, for each each yeah each person it pairs well with doing support because it's short tasks and you know event driven shipping like a new feature is hard right now but recording a one minute video for somebody is is easier yeah yeah it's yeah. cool but yeah who knows who knows it could all be for it could all be worthless <laughs> yeah i have a question yeah. for you yeah so a lot of things are going well at tuple mm. what's what keeps you up at night what's what are you what are you afraid of what am i afraid of the first thing that came to mind was just what we talked about earlier, which is that like we're we're pursuing projects and then abandoning them sometimes, and it's like, how, like figuring out a way to to get off that treadmill. Like a lot of that is just like my fault as the as the product manager. It's like have I really thought through all the things that might be the most important, chosen the priority, shaped that thing so we know what it's going to look like, set a time box on it, like all that. I, I think I. I'm not doing a great job of and I think that's probably like that to me feels like the biggest weakness at the moment I think that was literally keeping me up last night actually <laughs> thinking about that yeah yeah how about you what's keeping you up at night <laughs> the last two weeks have been a little bit of like a a shift in focus so I have been deliberately trying to just like zoom out a little bit is the way I'm thinking about it like I've been for the last, you know, last several months focused on focused on building static kit, getting some tooling out there, getting in front of people. And to date, I still have not I still have not found like what's the alignment between the tools that I'm building and an and the like the strong burning market demand for a solution for something. Like I'm kind of still in the in the land of generic tools and not in the land of like this has strong alignment with this particular niche product as, as i was talking about before like product is the slowest way to iterate your way to that answer right like like building stuff is slow and so what i've been trying to do is just kind of take us take a step back and 
engage with people who are, you know, already in my tribe, who I have access to, you know, the Twitter audience, the the personal mailing list, people in Tiny Seed, you know, all all the people I have access to basically. And doing kind of more zoomed out conversations around particular challenges they have in their business. And so I I reread through the mom test just to equip myself with the the right tools to uh, to have good healthy conversations with folks. Yeah, it's partially spurred on by like some of the discussions I had around the static hit payment stuff. So like in in talking to people around that feature, I started learning about all kinds of like um, payment related problems that people are having. But it feels like at this point, I don't have complete clarity around like, am I headed in the right direction to solve those pains for those people with the the way I have a product built today? Or is there some other opportunity that I should be focusing on? If I stay in the realm of like, I'm building tools for static site people, and this is, you know, it's for developers. And like, I have this kind of narrow view of, of what the niche of people I'm, I'm targeting should be, then I'm potentially missing out on on something, uh, something tangential, but but bigger than what I'm working on right now. So yeah, I'm trying to put my learning hat back on and keep an open mind and fill my head with with stories from people and problems they're experiencing and letting those things marinate together and and see what what comes out of the other end. Mm, I like it. Yeah. So are, are you sort of in the search for big problems they're having? Basically, yeah, yeah. And I want to hear, you know, I obviously want to hear these problems not through the lens of like, hey, I'm coming to you with with a product and a potential solution for that problem, well, do you want this thing? I want to just hear, I want to hear the problems unbiased, as unbiased as possible. And so that's, that's kind of my strategy with asking questions. And then, and then we'll see if it, if it lines up with, with anything I have today or with things that I've thought about where I could um, reuse parts of what I have today and reshape it into some other solution. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. How do you feel? I feel pretty like it's really actually fun to to have these conversations and especially to feel like the like the true mom test process working where it's like I just kind of decided like I want to I want to try to hone this skill and get really good at teasing information out of people without without bias. And it's it's really refreshing to get to feel that process working and to feel, you know, people opening up and. Um, you know, follow different paths of like, oh, so that's that's a problem for you. What did you try to do for that? And then and then drill down, drill down, drill down, and get kind of these like tease out these interesting nuances of of problems that people have, and then and then stepping back and trying to look for patterns. Like it's a it's actually a pretty fun process. Um, mm. Are you talking to mostly developers? It's been a mix of developers and like SaaS people because those are really the two the two big buckets that are in my my kind of audience already so yeah a couple different cohorts really hmm. i was trying to think of problems i have and like one thing that's top of mind is just like people email me and they want their vat number added to their invoice and they want the last three and they want it emailed to this thing and it's like i could build all this but i don't really want to it's like there's like a little like you know stripe invoice editor store displayer thing which is a small little niche thing that is maybe a good thing for one person. Or it could be like, I can't prove that my emails do things. Maybe I want a giant <laughs> A-B testing onboarding automation machine or something. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good question. It's like, what what size of problem is 
is wise for me to try to bite off. And like, what's one big takeaway from level is that that was a monster problem to bite off. Like, like that one, it's pretty clear. It's kind of, I look at this as like the balance of market risk versus product risk. And in the case of level, like, I feel like there was, uh, there was not a whole lot of market risk in the sense of like, if I could deliver on the promise of a Slack like experience, but with a lot less distraction, people clearly wanted that. And I believe that people wanted that and were willing to like, (laughs) willing to adopt that. But what I learned the hard way was that the actual product demands were much bigger than I was like willing to invest in. Like people basically wanted 95% of Slack with 5% better. And, you know, Slack is built by an engineering organization of what, 800 developers or something crazy like that. Like for one person to be able to say like, yeah, I will, I will get parity on all these things and then improve a little bit of it was just not, not feasible. In that sense, I kind of got bitten by product risk. It's like if you could deliver on this promise, but what people actually wanted in the product was, was far beyond what out of scope for me, basically. I like the problems that are, that are very product risky because it's like, if you can just make this amazing thing happen, like if I could instantly give you all the insights you need for, you know, figuring out what's working in your email setup, then I think you would definitely buy that. But it's like, am I capable of doing that? Like, is that a, is that a challenge that I actually know how to solve? Right. And then I feel like the, on the flip side, if it's like a relatively easy product, but there's a lot of market risk, like, can you find enough people who are find it valuable enough and have a big enough pain where they're willing to actually exchange dollars for solving that pain. And can you get access to them and all that kind of stuff? Um, so it's kind of like two different ways of looking at like, which path do you want to go down? Right? Yeah, I get it. Trying to find a group of people that are, have a, a strong enough pain. If this were fairly easily addressed by one person in six months of, you know, solo work. Yes. Shouldn't, wouldn't a solution for this exist? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's maybe it's more like, okay, try to find the smallest niche within a group of people that have pain that you can help 10% of them or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's a challenge. Would you hire somebody else like Peter, like raise some more money and then like brought on somebody else? Like, would you, would you think about that too? I, yeah, I think I, I would, but like, I wouldn't do that for static kit today because, because it's like, I'm still looking for that tight niche, that tight, like fit, I guess. But if I felt like I landed on something that was like, okay, this is, this is the potential of very strong product market fit. And I know how to access the people who want this thing. If we can just get the product built fast enough, I can start, you know, harvesting that value. Like if I was in that situation, that'd be, you know, completely different than where I'm at today. And I think it would make a lot more sense to, to risk some, some capital to move faster. Yeah, that makes sense. It's too bad you don't have a burning problem yourself other than <laughs> I, I, want, I want a business that's working. <laughs> well, I know I, I often think about this that like, like we have it pretty good as software people and like software for software people is so crowded, right? Um, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I mean, that was one thing that was going through my head as you were talking is like, I wonder about just like a totally adjacent, like a, like a non-related market. Like if you called every tradesperson in your town of like various stripes and just like, hey, like, what are you using to like make quotes or whatever? Like, I don't know, like some sort of boring application. Yeah, yeah. In an in underserved niche. But then it's also like, I want to look at what I have today. Where am I? what are my quote unquote unfair advantages that I can leverage? Right. And I mean, 
I have like a, a a little audience of people who know who I am, and like it would be nice to to draft off of that a bit. And so that's that's also yeah. It's like if I were to go that other route of like some random industry that I don't have access to, I think you would have to have like a co-founder who has deep knowledge in that industry. Or I think that's that's one way to really increase your odds of success is if you have someone who has like deep knowledge, has felt the pain themselves, you know. Otherwise, I think you're really fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, sounds hard. Yeah. Hmm. No easy answers, unfortunately. Yeah, this stuff is really hard. I'm shocked <laughs> we didn't solve it in 10 minutes of talking. I know. This podcast isn't working. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is what the point of this podcast is, right? Yes. It's all of old Derek's problems. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. You know what's annoying is I actually still have all my problems, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't working for me either. Yeah. What the hell? 123 episodes and I still have problems. <laughs> this is the worst therapy I've ever been to. <laughs> At least it's free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Actually, it's not free. Mm. Oh, man. This is <laughs> this is feeling worse and worse. Oh, we're in a dark place. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think I think the, the only way I'm going to get, get closer to clarity on this is to uh, just stay, stay zoomed out and keep keep learning from people so yeah i'll report back about that but i'm i'm enjoying myself i'm trying not to like there's a certain amount of creativity that needs to happen in this process you're taking in all this information stuff's marinating together and you know it's the entrepreneur's job to to spot a trend and figure out like how could a product slot in to solve this pain that people are expressing but they're not necessarily expressing like what the solution they want for it is right I think in order for that creative process to happen, you have to you, you have to let it happen and you have to not get too like too stressed about it or too put too much pressure on yourself to like figure it out. You just have to you just have to work work the steps. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying yeah. to do. And stressing will probably hamper that creativity. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck on your hunt. Thank you. <laughs> on your safari. Yeah cool all right shall we wrap it uh yeah let's wrap it notes of the show notes of the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com thanks for listening see ya